know, sometimes in moments like this, you know, especially if you're here for the first time and you're saying, what's, what's kind of like, is this how they do church? You know, there's some things that we want to happen that we can't orchestrate to happen. There's some things that we desire and no matter how much we plan for it or set up for it, we cannot complete it. And it's moments like this where God just says, you know what, I'm just going to really, really let them know who I am. You know, so if you're here for the first time, I don't even want to say welcome to church. I want to say welcome to Jesus. You might be getting saved right there where you at and you don't even know it. You're there right there and somebody just said, hey, come to come with me to church and we're going to go to Starbucks after. And you were like, all right, I'm down with the Starbucks. And you're sitting there and you're getting saved. And God is rescuing you. And God is transforming your life. And you have absolutely no control over it. Because it's already being, it's already happening. Welcome to Jesus. You know, I, I'm not a maestro here. I don't, I just think it feels like a good time to pray right here. I'm going to try to get into the word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, God, that you've rescued us. Every single person that's standing or sitting, that is assembled in this place, oh God, you rescued, whether we acknowledge it, accept it or not. And so we thank you, Lord, that we can stand here only because of your grace, your, grace, your love and kindness, oh God. We thank you, Lord, and we hold on to your truth. We thank you, God, that we can love you because you first loved us. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I don't know how the rest of that song goes, but I'm going to just chill right there. Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense. We're kind of putting this together. My righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Every more reverb, more reverb. Every hour, I need. My one defense, my righteousness, your righteousness, oh God, how I need. 
How you guys feeling today? Can we, can we put the lights a little bit up? Just a little bit, not these. Then uh, it's not be like in a sauna. Let's open up our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I don't know if we're able to turn on the floor lights. Or my shades on maybe. There we go. There we go. That feels good right there. I can see everybody's pretty face. 1 Timothy chapter 6, you know. I really feel that... Um, God put in my heart to share this with POG. You know, when I come here, I consider it an honor. And um, you guys know that Uncle Roe is, is here, right? Amen. We've embraced that. Uncle Roe from Staten Island, New York. Um, so, so grateful that I'm connected with such an amazing, amazing family. And, you know, how many of you guys are excited uh, for the new building? You know, one of the greatest gifts you could ever have is simply to be part of something. You know? Whether you lead it or not. One of the greatest gifts that you could ever have is sometimes what you're connected to. POG's story doesn't have to be my story. But I'm connected to POG. And I'm connected to their story. And I'm part of their journey. And that's a gift for me. It's a gift. Amen? So you guys are excited for this new building, right? I mean, if that's not, an, if that's not amazing, like, you know, it's just like, God, what's up? Because, like, why you love POG more than me? You know, but it's amazing, you know, what God is doing. And so, you know, I really, I really, um, I want to share a message with you guys. It's not a popular message. There's some messages that I want, I can't wait to preach. Like, I got them in my sermon archives, right? And I just can't wait. I'm like, yes, Lord, can't wait, can't wait to preach this one. I'm going to go like this, and I'm going to go like this, and I'm going to go. And there's some messages that God wants me to preach. I don't really want to preach, you know? They're not the easy messages to preach, but the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want you to share this with my POG family. And I believe it's the right time for it. I really do. And so the subject is not popular, but I do have a message title for you guys. I want you to brace yourselves because it's, it's pretty clever. It's a pretty clever sermon title. It's pretty, pretty catchy. I got bars. You ready? This is the message title. Can we put that up? A message about your money, your giving, and your happiness. Give it up for Pastor Roe right there. That's pretty clever. And tell you everything that I'm going to talk about in one title. A message about your money, your giving, and your happiness. Pastor Roe Remedios. All right. You guys ready? Man. What, what was going on here, that's, that was in my sermon time. I was Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit had his 30, 30 minutes. Now I have my th 30 minutes. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 6. You saw George. He wasn't laughing. He was like, no, nah, I'm just not going to First Timothy chapter 6. Uh, you guys already know uh, three things a preacher loves to hear from here, particularly me. I'm Hispanic. I was raised in a Pentecostal home. I'm loud by nature. Don't hold it against me. And so three things we like to hear is amen. Let me try that again. Amen. amen. 
Go ahead, preacher. And the third, which is my favorite, take your time. Take your time. Can you say that like that? Take your time. First Timothy chapter 6. Woo! A God life, a God-like life gives us much when we are happy for what we have. We came into this world with nothing for sure. When we die, we will take nothing with us. If we have food and clothing, let us be happy. But men who want lots of money are tempted. They are trapped into doing all kinds of foolish things and things which hurt them. These things drag them into sin and will destroy them. The love of money is the beginning of all kinds of sin. Some people have turned from their faith. I want you to just highlight that right there in your Bible. Some people have turned from their faith because of their love for money. They have made much pain for themselves because of this. Fast forward to verse 17. It says, give this command to those who are rich with the things of the world. Tell them not to be proud. Tell them to hope in God, not their money. Money cannot be trusted, but God takes care of us richly. He gives us everything to enjoy. Tell those who are rich to do good, to be rich in good works, and tell them that they should be happy to give and ready to share. Verse 19, by doing this, they will be saving up a treasure for themselves, and that treasure will be strong, a strong foundation on which their future life will be, will be built. They will be able to have the life that is true life. Someone say true life. So good. Can we turn to one more scripture? One more, one more. One more. Can we get this ball rolling? Acts chapter 20, verse 32. I had three up front, but it's going to turn into a seminar if I don't stop here. Acts chapter 20, verse 32 through 35 says and now i entrust you to god and his care and to his wonderful words that are able to build your faith able to what able to build your faith and give you what able to build your faith and give you all the inheritance of those who are set apart for himself i have never been hungry for money or fine clothing you know that these hands of mine worked to pay my own way and even to supply the needs of those who were with me. And I was a constant example to you in helping the poor. For I remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. So good. Another translation puts it this way. It says, we, are, we must remember what the Lord said. Who said that? We must remember what the Lord said. This is Paul quoting Jesus. We are more happy when we give than when we receive. Amen? Can we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, we just want to bless you right now and thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that you're just an abundant God. We thank you that we can place our trust in you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray that this word may be more than information, but that it may be transformation, oh God. Church can't change num nobody. My sermon can't change nobody. But your Holy Spirit can change everybody. And Father, we thank you, Lord. <clears throat> and we pray, Father, that 
Uh, though we've been arguing about who won Manny Pacquiao or Mayweather, we're all losers after we after we watch that fight. So pray for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You ever finished a prayer and went back to it? Hold on a second, God. Just Amen. Uh, I want to start off by saying, how many of us like to go out to eat? I'm going to try to make this quick. You, got any, you guys like going out to eat? Like for us going out to eat growing up, it was like when we said, hey, we're going to McDonald's. That was like taking us to Disney World. Like we, we wanted nothing more because all we had in the house was soup because it was nutrition. And apparently you can make any type of soup with cans. So, so when they said McDonald's, we were like, we lost our minds. Everybody came out and said, McDonald's! And it was like four of us, so we lost our mind and went to McDonald's, right? But I absolutely enjoy going out to eat. Like, it makes you feel good. You know, you don't have to cook. You could just be like, you know, sometimes my wife comes home. My, my wife comes home to cook every day. And, like, she already has a flow. And just to be like, you know what, honey, let's go out to eat. Let's go out and chill. She's like, what are you talking about? You lying, Rolando. You know, and I love going out to eat. Like, how many of you guys like to go out on a date? So married folk in the house? What's going on? How many of you guys like to go on a date? How many of you guys like to go out with friends and family? That's pretty cool, right? You, you, you got, hey, table for 20. Right? I want a table for 20. You know what? I love ordering food, looking at the menu, politicking, kicking it. You know what I detest? When it's time to get the bill. I absolutely detest that time. Because you know what's going to happen, right? You get the bill, and you know you have the, the bill language. And that, I guess, means give me the bill in every country, right? Give me the bill. The guy comes, gives you the bill. You give it to the mathematician in the group. Right? Sometimes I land that. I'm like, all right. All right, who, who had the sweet potato fries? Isn't it funny that that's the time where everybody forgot what they ordered? Like, nah, bro, you had the sweet potato fries. Oh, that was me? Yeah, it was you. With the mozzarella on the top. All right, who's going to pay for these appetizers? Oh, I didn't order the appetizers. What are you but you ate some mozzarella sticks. I only ate two. Well, give me $1.49 for the two mozzarella sticks. Right? Like, yo. I'm like, who ordered the who ordered the shake? Who the heck ordered gratuity? I didn't order no gratuity up in here. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I can't stand, you know, I can't stand it. You know, because, and so now, you know, what we do, we like, yo, you ready? Everybody knows this, split bills. We love you, right? But Pastor George, you paying with your wife, I'm paying my wife. Phil, you gonna pay, right? One thing I love is when you go out with someone who always wants to pay for you. <laughs> Why are you guys judging me for? Like, <laughs> you know that person. That person is my mom. My mom. I don't know if there's anybody in this house where you feel the pressure to pay for others. 
Like you, you feel like they want you to pay for them. Like you feel it. That's my mom. I kid you not. Like if I'm ever hungry and I have no money and I want to go out to eat, I'm like, hey, mom, you want me to take you to Starbucks? She goes, Rolando, I don't have money to pay for you. I love it because my mom all my life, no matter where I went, she covered the bill. So when we went to McDonald's, when we went to go out to eat as a family, I knew that if I was rolling with Mom Dukes, I was going to be good. I could be broke. I could not have a penny on my, in my wallet. But I knew if I was rolling with Mom, I was going to eat that day. I was going to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Let alone, if I was doing her a favor, oh, we were eating for filet mignon. If I was doing her a favor. But you know, no matter how many times I went out to eat with my mom, I had to fake like I was going to pay. You guys know what I'm talking about. Look at my man right here. He know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you know what that's like, right? Where the bill comes, it's laid on the table, and what do you do? You fake reach for your wallet. And then you ask. This is what I did, I did to my mom every single time. Every single time. Every single time. And I asked her the most fakest three-worded question you could ever ask at a table when about to pay the bill. She's like, no, no, it's okay. I got it. And what do you ask the three questions? The three-worded question. Oh, my God, you bunch of freeloaders. <laughs> the heck? Pastor George, everybody in discipline. Are you? You got to do that a couple of times. Are you? Are you sure? And then when, when it all said and done, you, you can't stop there, so you go for that. At least let me get the tip. And then when they're like, okay, no problem, you're really gonna make me get the tip? <laughs> Gotta take out these four or five dollars. <laughs> I was gonna eat for free. My mom, she's the best. And my mom, no matter, like I said, no matter where I went, I had the confidence that I was going to be good. I'm 32 years old, and I, I was the earliest one to leave my house. And I rest assured at 32 years old that no matter where I go, if I'm rolling with my mom, I'm covered. I'm good. And it had me thinking. My perspective of my mom allows me to walk in that confidence. You know, it allows me to walk in that confidence. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, what would it look like if, if God's people would walk in the confidence of understanding, if I'm rolling with God, I'm going to be okay. If I'm rolling with God, I don't have to hoard up everything for myself because there is an unlimited supply that is running in my life because of the one that I'm walking with. You see, I could be broke, 
But if I was rolling with mom, I was chilling. And I was ordering everything on the menu. Man, I wonder if we understood that principle when it came to our Heavenly Father. That if we're walking with God, no matter where we go, no matter where we were, we're positioned, no matter where we sit, no matter what room we enter, we are rolling with someone that has an unlimited supply of resources that is simply pouring down in our life. You know, in the scriptures, we, we are introduced to kingdom principles, right? And some of the kingdom principles that we hear and we, we're learning, we just don't understand and we don't, uh, we don't get. Like when you think about it, when you think about the stuff that has happened in the Bible, it absolutely makes no sense. But God says, this is the key to the kingdom, right? That's what he says to Peter. He says, these are the keys to the kingdom. Many times we're trying to break in doors when God is saying, uh, excuse me, here's the key. He told Peter, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. God is giving you the keys and you're using a screwdriver. I got this. Hey, hello. Hello. Right? And so when I think about, when I think about, like nobody goes and fights a nine-foot giant with a rock and a piece of string. Who does that? Who does that? You know who? The one that has unlimited resources pouring into him. Nobody feeds 5,000 people with two fish fillets and a couple of extra buns. Nobody. But you know who does? The one that has unlimited resources through the the source nope if I was going into a fight and there were 3,000 people fighting against me I would show up with 6,000 God says no 3,000 is way too much shrink it down to a thousand eh, no that's even too much wait what do you mean the outnumber is one to three or three to one no I want to make it so slim you, can, you can't even take the credit. You're going to go with 300, and you're not going to even swing on them. You're just going to make noise. What kind of war strategist are you? It doesn't make sense, guys. But it's the very thing that God instructs us to get the victory. Who in the world goes in front of a wall and screams? We read, like some of us have been raised in church maybe, and we read that and we're like, wow, powerful story. For us that have not, or rather for those that have not, I read that. Who does that? You yell at a wall and the wall comes tumbling down and you conquer a city? Let's try this. Ah! does not work but it's but it's the command that God gave to get the victory God has given us certain commands certain instructions when it comes to our finances when it comes to our money 
when it comes to our giving and when it comes to our happiness. So, you know, so what, what do we understand as prosperity? What do we understand as happiness? Well, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a chase. I, I need to achieve all I need to achieve. I need to gain all I need to gain in order to be happy, fulfilled, satisfied, and complete. What happens is, is that it's like your stomach. When you eat, the more, I know about this. I am a, a fat expert. That wasn't funny. The more you eat, the more your stomach expands. And so the more you have to fill it with to fill it up. And the more you fill it, the more you fill it, the more it expands. And then you fill it up some more. Well, that's how our desires work. Because you begin to fill in a void and just stretch the capacity and the threshold of what satisfied is. Next time around, you need to be more filled with something that's just going to leave you not only empty, emptier than you were two years ago. <laughs> and so you feel, I got to get more, but you now have made yourself a victim of a system that only leads to failure and not victory. God doesn't give us kingdom principles and commands to hurt you or have you as a slave. He does it for your own benefit and for your own good. Like when we talk about marriage, when we talk about marriage in my church, we have plenty of people that are not married and are together. And I'm saying, listen, guys, it's hard to be married with God's blessing. Let alone your wife is this gorgeous. It is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And God says, well, this is how you do marriage. The most difficult thing I had to do with God's blessing. I can only imagine what it would be if I would try to imitate marriage without God's blessing. There's no judgment there. It's just kingdom principles. And God says, here's the key. Now, Come some money. And that was my introduction. <laughs> when it comes to money, we often think, we often think the more we have for ourselves, the more happier we'll be. But that's not the way it works. I've actually sat down and had an interview with a couple of my friends. They're millionaires. They have a whole lot of money. One of them is an urban philosopher. I don't know if you guys know him. His name is, do we have that? Christopher Wallace, notorious B.I.G. Interviewed him, spoke with him. Look what he, came back for the dead just for me. Look what he said. He said, the more money you make, the more problems you get, more money, more problems. I didn't believe him. I was like, maybe you're the only one, bro. So I went down. I looked at young little Wayne Jesus. You know what I mean? And I asked him. He said, too much money ain't enough money. Huh. Kind of see the expansion of the emptiness. 
too much money is not enough. These are the ones that, you know, we want to have what they have. Naturally. I want the mansion. Who doesn't want a mansion here? Come on. Hello. Who doesn't want the multi the 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 multi car garage? <laughs> Take your time, right? Who doesn't want that? Well, well, the guys that do look what they say. They say, "Man, you." You have that, and you, and you might say, no, that's all I need. What happens is, is the line gets even further from you. So you're like, I'm finally here. Wait, it's over there now. Too much money is not enough money. Hmm. It's all about the Benjamins, huh? Well, Benjamin Franklin said this. He said, money never made a man happy yet, nor will it. The more a man has, the more he wants. Instead of filling a vacuum, it makes a vacuum. It's all about the Benjamins. You know, Whitney Houston, in one of the last interviews that she had, she says this, and it, and it, it really, 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 it says, I had the car, the house, the family, the career, the dream life. But when I reached the point where there was nothing for me to achieve and nothing for me to obtain. I was empty. Wow. We might be, we might be seeing the manifestation of what Jesus was saying. We might be seeing this as a anti-example. If I said that right. We might be seeing something that happens when we don't follow what Jesus says and Jesus says something amazing he says he says it is greater and it is better to give than receive no Jesus I like receiving he says no he says receiving is good but there's something better than that he says receiving is good but there's something gooder than that Receiving, it's okay, but I'm not trying to get you to okay. I'm trying to get you to satisfaction, fulfillment, completeness, and everything that you lack in life can only be satisfied with what I have. I'm on time. I'm back on time. I'm going to watch it. Take your time. <laughs> Write this down. Number one, we got two more. Happiness will never be about how much. We can obtain in life but rather how much we can give in life how much we can give in life now Matthew chapter 6 Matthew chapter 6 store your treasures in heaven where moths and moths and rust cannot destroy the thieves do not break in and steal wherever the treasure is there the desires of your heart will be also wherever your treasure is there the desires of your heart will be also if your treasure is in the wrong place your desires will only escape you 
and leave you unsatisfied. No one can serve two masters. Now, now when I hear this, I immediately think, where are you going with this, Jesus? He goes, no one can serve two masters. No one can have the yin and the yang. No one can have two masters. You either serve God or serve the devil. No, he doesn't say that. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. Almost as if God is equating himself to his greatest adversary when it comes to the mindset of humanity. See, when it comes to believers, you know what we know? The devil's defeated. When it comes to believers, you know what we know? I'm, I'm good. But sometimes the last thing that gets saved in your life is your wallet. Now Paul says, hey, listen, I want you to go tell, Tim, I want you to, I, I, I want, I want, Timothy, I want you to tell the church, I want you to tell them this. Tell the rich folk. And now we ask, well, Pastor Roe, I'm out of here. I'm not rich. Did God come to save America or God came to save the world? Did God simply come to save New Jersey or did God come to save the world? Why was it that God so loved the world that he, he gave to who? The world. What if I told you that the people that are sitting right here are some of the most richest people in this world. And I'm even talking about financially. What if I told you, in the, when you put in context the world, do we have that slide up? Can we put that up? When we have in context the world, the person that's sitting right next to you is some of the richest people you'll ever meet. You might not be able to see it, but this is, and I want you to put this, I want to put this in perspective because we, we want to move into a new location. Amen. We want to move, right? We have faith in God. This is a $30,000 a year household. Six people, two adults, two teenage kids. Two younger kids. And according to this, you can go to this website on your own. You're richer than 19. You are in the richest 19.9% of the world's population. Don't get quiet on me right now, church. Don't get quiet on me. Take your time. If you were to donate 10% of your income, you were to donate 10% of your income, 10%, you would still be part of the 21% richest people in the world. That means that there's 79% of people that make less than you in the entire world. That's if you donated 10 and stood with 90. 
Let's just start starting at a simple figure. You know, I wonder how much money have we lost and how much funds have just been depleted on things that we were looking to satisfy us and make us happy and make us feel fulfilled. I wonder how much money we've lost. What if we took that? Here's my five loaves and two fish. Here's my slingshot. Here's my 300. Here's my 10%. Because God could do more with what is surrendered than all you can do with all that you try to obtain. Write this down, number two. When you know your source is God, you give more. When money is your source, you try to get more. We're going to close now for the first time. No, I'm really going to close. Is this helping anybody out? Is this helping you out? Number three, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to share that with you up front. Number three, put this down. When God blesses, and this is not my quote, but this is by Mark Bakerson. I don't know who that is, but it sounds good. When God blesses you financially, you don't raise the standard of your living. You raise the standard of your giving. When God blesses us financially, what do we do? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give myself my new. And we raise the standard of how we live and completely overlook the power of giving. You know, I love the story of Rick Warren. Rick Warren said, man, God allows us to live on 90% of our income. I've chosen to live on 10% of my income and I give away 90. He says, I'm not going to raise the standard of my living. I'm simply going to raise the standard of my giving. So God gave me, I'm going to give some more. God blessed me, I'm going to bless some more. God provided for me, I'm going to provide for someone else. You know, sometimes what we receive in response of our giving is not even a financial blessing. Sometimes that thing you've been praying for, see, because sometimes the thing that you need to surrender is simply my finances and God says I'm not going to only bless you financially I'm going to bless you in other areas of your life and it was all because of that one seed that you sowed into the kingdom and that little boy with the five loaves and the two breads and the, and the five loaves and two fish will never know completely the 2,000th person that was affected by his surrender. Never know. There's two types of people. 
and we conclude again. There's two types of people. Sad people and happy people. Sad people and happy people. There was a rich man. He comes to Jesus. He says, Jesus, what do I need to do to be saved? He says, you need to do ABC. He says, I've done that. He says, I've done that, Jesus. I got this down. Pack. Notice, he did everything that seemed godly. That's like some of us. We're here, we go to church. Hey, I, I stopped sinning. I, woo, I'm walking on water. I'm, I'm doing it up. But look what he tells this young man. He goes, hey. See everything that you got? I want you to sell it. I want you to give it away to the poor. Hold the money. I just want to, I want you to give it away. You know what he was doing? He was showing him something he couldn't do in his own power, only in his power. What are you doing? You, you're talking about salvation and then he switches it up to money? You can't serve two masters, that's why. You're talking about salvation, why are you talking about money? Well, because you can't serve two masters. You can't love money and love God. I don't love money. Well, you didn't love your wife the moment you met her. Love kind of crept up on you. <laughs> I wonder maybe you're not at the stage of money, but you're kind of courting with it. You're kind of dating it. You're kind of letting it persuade you. How many people have stopped themselves from falling in love right before they did? It's too late by the time you realize. That's the love of money. By the time you love it, you don't even know. You're, you're way, by the time you realize you love money, you're way down that road. Because the majority of that love is already, you're already in denial. I don't love money. But you can't serve two masters. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that that young man walked away sad. But in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, watch this. The Holy Spirit came down from heaven. Everyone spoke in tongues that was in that room. Peter preaches an epic sermon like Pastor Roe right now. And the Bible says they began taking their possessions and giving them away. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. I mean, I'm still in Shandara Bokondo. I'm still there. You mean to tell me there was something that God was doing in their life? And you know what they said? They said that what belonged to them was not their own. You mean my paycheck is not my hard-earned money? No, it's the Lord. Oh, I can't deal with this, this God. God. And look, and you know what they said? And they were full of joy. The Bible says that they had houses. How many people want a house here? that the person that had two houses sold the other one and gave it to someone that didn't have it. And you know what? He didn't do it like this. I'm doing it because I love Jesus. 
was filled with joy. Yo, man. You don't have a place to live? I'll be right back. Hey! We got a house for this guy right here. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Inside dirt, outside dirt, it's the same thing. Just come inside. Come inside. What? You need some, you need some cattle? Hey, hey, we, we got 10 over here. Hey, here you go. Woo! And the Bible says that they were full of joy. I could see them drinking their iced caramel latte with whipped cream and half and half and just worshiping God because they were filled and they understood. Hey, it's better to give than receive. It's better to give than receive. I am filled with joy. The more I give, the more I'm filled with happiness. The more I love, the more I'm filled with generosity. One of them left sad. He was a rich young ruler. The other ones were filled with joy and they were giving everything away. You know, this rich young ruler, I wonder if he thought that if he gave everything away, he'd be unhappy. I wonder if what Jesus was really trying to introduce him was to happiness. We get up on our feet. You know, we're going to get into worship, but I... You know, my wife, in November, she was making a killer salary. And my wife lost her job. She lost her job of 12 years. You know? You know what instinct says? All right. Brace yourself and get ready for the impact. I started asking myself, what am I going to do? And God told me that's where the problem is. You're saying, what am I? Instead of saying who I am. And me and my wife got together and we said, you know, 60% of the household income is gone. I said, honey, we're not going to compromise the tithe. And we're not going to comp compromise our giving. And she believed. And I believed. Can I tell you? Simply running on my income. God not only provided, but he super provided. Checks were coming out of every angle in my life. And me and my wife made more money resting in God and in giving than with, with her salary and my salary combined. That's our God. That's our God. Today I stand before you as a man that was able to look at his job and resign because God called us to full-time ministry. Yeah, that's our God. That's our God. Because money has no power over me. Here. Here it is. 
I've gotten more checks in the last four weeks than I've ever had in my life. And I've taken all those checks and given them away. Well, that's our God. That's our God. Am I saying this to brag? No, I'm saying this because it's possible. I'm saying it because it's possible. And I'm letting you know that there is, there is such a great joy. There is such a great peace. There is such a great of satisfaction and fulfillment knowing that a check and a piece of paper doesn't have power over me. But I'm surrendering it all to Jesus. Here it is, God. That's our God. That's our God. You know, today we, we want to give everyone an opportunity to respond because I know God is speaking to hearts here today. And I want us, we didn't collect the offering yet, but I, I just kind of sense like God is speaking to you. And you may have seen your offering as, listen to this, all right, I'm just going to give my offering. But I want you to think and pray about your offering. And I want you to say, when you look at your offering, is this my God or is this me? I want you to look at my, your offering and be like, that's my God. That's my God. The greatest offering you can give God is surrendering your life to Jesus. The greatest thing you could place in God's hands is your very own life. If you're here and you're saying, you know, Pastor Roy, I, I definitely didn't come for all this. I definitely didn't come to hear a sermon on money, giving, and happiness. I definitely didn't do that. I, I definitely wasn't planning this. But I'm here and I can't help feel what I'm experiencing right now. God is saving you right there where you are. Right there where you are. I'm going to ask if that's you. If you're saying, listen, I want to I wanna give my life as an offering unto God today. If that's you, right there where you are, can you just lift up your, your right hand right there where you are? Just lift it up. See the hand? It's right there where you are. Come on. We're not going to ask you to come up. We want to pray for you. I want to pray this prayer for you. Is that all right? I see the hand. I see the hand. Keep them hands up right there. We don't want to embarrass anybody. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Right there where you are. It's a few hands going up. We thank you. You put it right back down, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. I believe that you died, and I believe that you rose again. From this day forth, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Can we celebrate every life that just surrendered their life to Jesus? Come on. Come on, let's celebrate them. We want to say welcome, welcome to God's kingdom. Now we're going to worship, us. We're going to worship but as we worship, I want you to prepare your heart to give. Is that okay? I want you to prepare right there where you are. Just prepare your heart to give. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's worship God. My soul deep.